So this past Saturday, uh, I was at the church helping out with an event that we had for the community. We were doing free COVID testing and free flu shots. And even though I wasn't doing the COVID testing or giving the flu shots, I was there to open the gates and set up and make sure they had everything they needed. So yeah, I got there about nine o'clock and it was supposed to go till about one. And uh, like I said, I wasn't doing the actual event portion, but uh, I was making sure we facilitated everything, walking through traffic, or not walking through traffic, but directing traffic, and uh, just basically on my feet from about 9 to 1. And uh, I was tired, it was cold, it was rainy, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those situations, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get home, I haven't even eaten today. And just before we were about to wrap up that event, I get a call from a friend who says they have a friend with a truck full of food. And they're looking for a location where they can park it and distribute the food. Now, again, I was tired. I was cold. I was wet. And I wanted to go home. But I just kind of got that idea and that sense from the Lord. That's a good opportunity to maybe do something for our community beyond even what we're doing already. So I said, sure, bring it. And again, I thought they already had people lined up to come and pick up this food. No. They literally just had a truck full of food, about seven pallets worth of food, boxes of groceries. Each box had like milk, cheeses, yogurts, uh, fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, meats. Like it was a full bag of, or box of groceries. And, uh, and basically we grabbed the sign that said free food, stood on the street, held the sign up, and within minutes had a parking lot full of cars lined up to get groceries. For two and a half hours, we put groceries into people's trunks as they pulled up and pulled out. Uh, and this would have been fine if we had 50 people, but it was five. Two people that were almost half my age and two people that were almost twice my age. And so here we are, uh, no way to unload the truck outside of manual, no equipment. We're just literally in the truck, handing it off to each other, walking it over, putting it into people's trunks, carrying two, three cases at a time. And trust me, these are like 40, 50 pounds a box on top of you know some of the other things we were carrying with it. And for two hours straight, we're going nonstop. The cars keep coming and I'm like winded, right? I'm getting really tired. I was already physically tired. My back was killing me. And I'm like, this is, this is exhausting. I'm like pushing myself to the limit. Finally, we knocked it all out. And trust me, about halfway, I'm like, do we have to get rid of everything? <laughs> but we knocked it all out in about two and a half hours. So for two and a half hours straight, I was lifting boxes and loading them in strangers' cars. And to say that I was suffering afterward is an understatement. Like, I was done. I was spent. My body was like, I hate you. You know, my legs. As soon as I got in the car, I felt my left leg starting to cramp. And that's when I realized I not only had I not eaten, I hadn't even drinking water that day. And so I'm trying to chug a bottle of water before I start cramping up on the road. Um, you know, it was one of those things I had to run a couple errands even then before I got home. But when I got home, I, I like knocked out. And by the time I woke up, my whole body was aching. My legs were sore. I was sore in places I forgot can get sore. It was one of those things where I'm just like, dude, I am so dead. I was really suffering. But I also had a lot of joy. Because in those two and a half hours, we probably fed about 200 families. 200 families had groceries in a time where many of them have lost their jobs, where many of them were willing to swallow their pride and pull up for an opportunity to get free food. 200 families that wouldn't have had that food if I would have chose to not suffer, if I would have chose comfort and just going home. I want to talk to you about the joy behind suffering, about the fact that sometimes suffering can produce good things. 
And we shouldn't always be in a rush to avoid suffering. I think part of the issues we're seeing in today's day with all the conveniences that we have and all the technologies that we have is we're very quick to try to avoid suffering. If we don't have to do it, we won't do it. Instead of suffering all night long with your homework, you just copy. Especially now that it's on Zoom, it's so much easier to just copy someone else's homework or or look it up online rather than actually putting in the work because, I mean, who wants to do that, right? Instead of suffering, we'd, uh, we'd rather watch something we hate than actually get up and change the channel. Come on, you ever been there where you can't find the control, you're laying on the couch, you're, you're just bumming out and suddenly something comes on that you don't even want to watch and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to watch this. Like, literally, I remember as a kid, staying up just watching commercials, infomercials, just because, like, yeah, I just don't want to get up. I want to avoid suffering. We'd rather avoid issues than learn to deal with them. We just, we keep avoiding things because they cause suffering. But sometimes that suffering can lead to something, can lead to something beneficial. Listen, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. I'm going to read it in the uh, old NIV translation. But it says this, not only so, but we... Also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. I love that it says we rejoice in our sufferings. In other words, when you start to suffer, it's not automatically joyful. You might lose some joy in the midst of your suffering, but while we're going through it, we have an ability and the opportunity to rejoice, to be filled with joy again because uh, suffering produces something, right? The Bible says it produces perseverance. That perseverance leads to character. That character leads to hope, and we need hope now more than ever before. We need to have hope in God, hope that we're going to come out of this, hope that we're going to be stronger as a result of this, hope that this will not defeat us. But you can't have hope without character and you can't build character without perseverance and you're not going to have perseverance without suffering through something. Like All this builds on top of itself. Greg Jackson, one of the uh, best MMA coaches all time, said this about fighting. Fighting at its core is suffering. If a fighter can learn to love suffering, then they can become dangerous. I think it's the same thing about a Christian. When a Christian can grow to love suffering, when they understand what this suffering is able to produce, I think they can become dangerous. Not because of the pain of suffering, but because they know that God in the midst of this suffering is doing something in their life. That it's not all for nothing, that something good can come out of this. So if I'm going to suffer anyways, I might as well gain something from it. I'm going to have to go through something anyways. And we all have to go through stuff, right? That's just life. That's life on this fallen earth. We all are going to go through things. But in my opinion, if I have to go through things, I want to get something out of that. If I'm going to suffer, I want to be able to find the joy in it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, 9. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. This is the Apostle Paul talking. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. 
My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Paul is this incredible man of God, this apostle that God has appointed to preach the gospel and to go into the world and raise up churches. And um, he's doing this incredible work and God is using him tremendously so much so that right in this chapter, he says, man, I even got to see heaven. God allowed him to peer into heaven like Paul's a big deal. And because Paul's a big deal, he could have got really arrogant about it. So God allows a certain level of suffering to come into Paul's life. And there's three aspects of this suffering that I just want to focus in on real quick that I think you and I should take notice of. Number one is that God allows suffering on purpose. God allows suffering on purpose. Uh, Again, it's easy to blame the devil for everything. And I think the devil gets way more credit than he should. And although suffering may come from the devil and sometimes suffering comes from you and I's poor decision making, the truth of the matter is God still allows it, right? God allows us to make those poor decisions. God allows the enemy to come at us from time to time. God allows these things and God even allowed Jesus to go through things like this. If you read your Bible, there's a whole portion of scripture that talks about Jesus being led into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he was hungry and starving and wandering. And then in the midst of the worst anger pains you can imagine, the devil comes to tempt him to bring added suffering into his life. But notice something in verse uh, chapter four, verse one of the book of Matthew. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So Jesus didn't just wander into the wilderness accidentally. He wasn't lost or he wasn't going somewhere that he's not supposed to go. And because of that, the devil began to tempt him. No, the spirit of God led him and led him for this reason to be tempted by the devil. God led Jesus into a time of suffering and into an open you know, opportunity to be tempted by the devil. Why? To build him. This is just before uh, a, a big aspect of his ministry time. And this is something that built on Jesus. Why would God lead the righteous men to their biggest enemies? I think it's because God is in control. God's not worried about those enemies. God's not worried about what the devil can do. God is so much greater than the devil. Please understand this. The devil is not the opposite of God. The devil is nowhere near God's equal in any way, shape, or form. God has the devil on a leash. And so even though the devil wants to do evil to us, even though the devil wants to cause us to fall, God will use the devil's desires to actually make us stronger, not weaker. He uses what the enemy intended to harm us for his good. Listen, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. This is a story of Joseph. And Joseph had gone through all types of suffering in his life. His family sold him out. He was falsely accused of rape. He was imprisoned. He was uh, forgotten in prison. Like Joseph went through suffering after suffering after suffering. And it's easy for someone like that to think, why God? Why did you put me through all this? But throughout all his sufferings, he remained faithful to God. And towards the end, when he became second in command of the most powerful nation in all the world at the time of Egypt, And he was able to save 
the entirety of his family because his country had gone through a famine and they came to Egypt looking for rescue. And Joseph, who had interpreted a dream before and was able to save Egypt, was also able to save his family. God raised him to a position of authority, power, and blessing because he was able to endure suffering and not just endure it, but realize the joy that comes from it. This is what we are able to do when we trust in the Lord and we don't look at the negative of what's going on, but we understand God is trying to do something in this, which goes into my second point. Not only does God allow suffering on purpose, God allows suffering for a purpose. There's a reason why God does that. God allowed Paul to suffer for a reason. Think about this. I mentioned it earlier. Paul had actually seen heaven. Right? Paul writes about three fourths of the New Testament. Paul establishes various churches. Paul, uh, you know, was able to heal the sick and, and like his shadows would do stuff. Like this is just how powerful this guy was when it comes to the Spirit of God in him. But it's easy, or it could have been easy, for Paul to think he's the one who has all this power, to become arrogant, to become prideful, to think he's somebody, when really he's just a tool that was being used by the Lord for his glory. So what does God do? God keeps him humble by allowing the enemy to torment him. To keep Paul relying on the Lord and reminding Paul, with my hand not on your life, you won't accomplish any of these things. It is by the grace of God that you have anything. And so God allows just a little bit of this to happen in his life. To weaken Paul, because in Paul's weakness, he can rely on God's strength. Oftentimes, God will allow suffering in our lives so that we can turn to him. Think about this. Let's be honest. When everything's going great, oftentimes that's when we are the least connected to God. When we pray the least or when we worship the least or when we even think about him the least. But let something bad happen in your life. Let some tragedy hit. Let some difficulties come up. Think about how quickly you go, God, where are you? God, I need you. Every now and then, God has to allow Maybe just a little bit of suffering in your life to remind you that we're just dust in the wind. I mean, we're not that great. And it is by the grace of God that we have anything that we need. Instead of trying to avoid suffering, we need to look for God's purpose in it. Listen, why did he put me in this situation? Why does this allow, why did God allow this to happen? Well, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, that means even the bad things, God uses according to his purpose. You know, a lot of times I like to cook and uh, I'm cooking something and not all those ingredients are good on their own. There's a lot of times when I'm cooking something that I would never eat by itself, a certain ingredient. Like I'm not just going to chug you know, a bottle of oil. I'm not just going to eat you know, a, a cup of flour. I'm not just going to always, you know, never going to eat raw eggs. I don't want to get no salmonella. But, you know, if you just combine those things, I'd definitely eat pancakes, right? On their own, some of these bad things we would never want to happen. But combined with all the things that God does to work things out for the good, it becomes a blessing. We know that God is in control. We know that God is able to do things for a purpose. And sometimes God is trying to accomplish something in you and through you. And he uses suffering as a way to do that. And a lot of times we miss out on what God is trying to do in our lives simply because we try to dodge suffering. It's just too hard. I don't want to have to go through that. 
It's why people don't want to go to the gym. They're suffering. It's why people don't want to work on their marriages because it can be difficult. It's why people don't want to resolve conflict because that's challenging. There's a struggle in it. But oftentimes, those struggles are worth it when you see what happens on the other side. And you have to be able to trust in this. That whatever suffering God's bringing into your life, note number three if you're writing this down, if God brought you to it, He will bring you through it. If God brought you to it, He will bring you through it. Now, I preface that if God brought you, because again, sometimes suffering is a result of our own poor decision. Sometimes suffering happens because we don't listen to God. But when you're doing everything right and you still find yourselves in an area and a time where you are suffering and you know that it's God who brought you to this position, it's God who's allowing this, understand that it's also God who's going to help you through it. It's also God who's going to strengthen you. And and again, I want to emphasize that he will bring you through it, not around it. Again, a lot of times we want to avoid it, right? We want to, God, take this away or God, remove this. Oftentimes our prayer is, God, stop this from happening. Remove this person from my life. Get this situation out of my life. Help me with that. And our help is not, God, strengthen me so I can endure it. God, strengthen me so that I can come through this. It's God, I don't want to deal with it, so get it out of my way. And that's just not how God operates. God is going to use that very suffering to strengthen you and build you up. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Each time he said, remember Paul asked God to take this, this thorn out of his side, this thing that was bothering him, this uh, devil that was tormenting him. But each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. God doesn't want to remove the suffering. He wants to give you the strength to make it through. God's power is made perfect in your weakness. Well, part of that is when people see you overcoming times of suffering and they're baffled at how you did it, it's an easy opportunity to say, it wasn't me. It was the power and the grace of God that did it in me. On my own, I could have never accomplished this. But by God's strength, he was able to bring me through it. He gave me the strength and the opportunity and helped me to go through this suffering. One of my favorite stories that I would always tell, and you've probably heard this, but it's bearing witness, is uh, the story of the young man who was walking up the trail along a mountainside. And as he's walking up that trail, there's this giant boulder that's wedged uh, right in his path and he can't get around it. And so he prays to God and he asks God to remove this boulder from his path. And God says, push the boulder. So he begins to push and push with everything he's got, trusting that the Lord is telling him what to do. But it doesn't budge. And so he prays again and God again says, push the boulder. This goes on all day, all night. Wakes up the next day, same prayer, same response. So he pushes again all day, all night. This goes on for days, for weeks, for months. And he's faithful. He trusts God, but nothing's happening. Finally, after one more day of doing the same routine and praying and pushing, he, he's getting a little flustered and he goes, God, please remove this boulder from my path. Suddenly lightning comes down from the heavens and strikes the rock right in the middle. And the guy is able to get past it to the other side. And he talks to God and he says, God, I, I hope you don't think I'm ungrateful. Thank you. I, I appreciate that you finally removed this boulder from my path, but... Couldn't you have done that sooner? Couldn't you have just done that the first time I prayed? 
And God looked at the man and said, look at your arms. Look at your legs. Notice the muscles that you've grown and developed by pushing that boulder every day for the last several months. I was trying to strengthen you because of what you were going to go through on the other side of that boulder. Sometimes God puts boulders in our life, moments of suffering, and we think this is an obstacle to prevent us from the next thing, but it's really an opportunity to grow in your strength to prepare you for the next thing. Listen, before Jesus was going to be crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew he was going to go through the most horrible pain imaginable. He knew that all the sin of the world was going to be thrown on his shoulders. And this scared him. Remember, he's 100% God, but he's 100% man. And so he prayed and he asked God this. Luke chapter 22, verse 42 to 43. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then the angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. This is a very powerful moment. Jesus is being really transparent and honest. And he's saying, I don't want to go through this suffering. I mean, who wants to go through the suffering? But he has this resolution. Ultimately, it's not my will that I want to accomplish. God, it's your will. I want us to be able to say the same thing. I want us to be able to echo the same thing. Was I exhausted and tired this past Saturday? Yes. Did I want to accept seven uh, pallets worth of food and you know hundreds of boxes that I would have to physically remove and place in people's cars? No, I didn't want to do that. Halfway through, I wanted to quit. Halfway through, I wanted to be like, you know what? Take your truck and go somewhere else. This is not my responsibility. This is not even part of my job. I already did my job today. I already served our community. I did enough. But it wasn't about me. I wanted God's will to be done. And after God's will was done, I was able to rejoice and understand that I got to be a part of it and that I got to do something good and that, yes, I could have gone home. But you know what? My wife and daughter, they were waiting inside the church in the nursery for me to finish. I'm setting an example for them, too, of who we are as a family and who we're going to be, the type of people that are going to trust God, that are going to lean on God and that are going to rejoice even when we suffer. Listen, I know this has been a difficult season. I know these last few months have been hard. I know home isn't always ideal. I know school is driving you crazy. I know all that. I know you're suffering. All I'm saying is even while you're suffering, you have an opportunity to rejoice. If you can focus on the fact that when you come out of this, you're going to be stronger for it. If you trust in the Lord and you lean on him for strength and you allow his power to be made perfect in your weakness. So let me pray as we close this out. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that in the midst of our suffering, you are there. We thank you, God, that you don't just leave us hanging, that you don't leave it you know, to ourselves, God. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought these opportunities into our lives to make us stronger and for your power to be made perfect. And so, Lord, we just ask, help us to adjust our attitude, help us to fix our mind, help us to not feel defeated, but to understand that there is hope that is going to come out of this, that we are going to become stronger as a result of what the enemy intended to bring us down. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to stretch us, to grow us, to make us better than who we were, Lord. And Father, we pray, help us to hold on to you. Help us to trust you in the midst of suffering, Lord. Help us to understand that we can boast all the more about our suffering 
because your power is made perfect and you be glorified on the other side of this. Lord, we pray that your will will be done, not ours. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, love you, and uh, we will see you soon, maybe in person. Bye-bye.